We gather at this hour to pause, to honour the spirit and to accept ourselves as fragile humans, equally full of nobility and strength. We gather weary, perhaps, of life's many trials, yet cheered by infinite possibilities for love's grace. We meet with smiles and glad voices for old friends and new, each stranger a gift of potential friendship and mutual consolation. We rejoice in the keen intellect and the warm heart. We remember those whose opportunities and needs our society thwarts, and we give thanks for the blessings that are ours, even in the midst of struggle. We praise all who extend a hand in service and whose vision of justice commands action. We pause, we gather, we meet, we rejoice, we remember, we give thanks and praise. We proclaim our community as we gather this morning to worship together. Well, these words by Unitarian Universalist Minister Bruce Southworth welcome all those who have gathered on Zoom this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to regular members of the congregation, to any friends or visitors who are with us today, also to anyone who might be listening in via the podcast or watching on YouTube at a later date. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall, and having been part of the congregation for 22 years, I'm now the ministry coordinator here and also a ministry student at Unitarian College, hopefully finishing up quite soon. If anyone's here for the first time today, we're especially glad to have you with us. Make yourself feel at home. Hope you find something of what you need in our service this morning. A bit of consolation, a bit of spiritual uplift, maybe. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat or drop us an email to introduce yourself if you'd like to. Or you might like to think about coming to one of our small group gatherings at another time during the week, because they're a really good way to get to know people a bit more organically and to get a more rounded sense of the congregation while we're all online. If you're a regular here, thank you for all you do to welcome all who come. Even on Zoom, we all have to play our part in co-creating this sacred space and a sense of community. So whoever you are, however you are, know that you're welcome in this space just as you are this morning. As we always say, feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable. It's lovely to see your faces in the gallery. It helps us get a sense of being together, but we know for some it will feel more comfortable to keep your video off and that is totally fine. There will be opportunities to join in, such as with the candles of joy and concern, but there's no compulsion. It's an invitation. You can quietly lurk throughout with our blessing and you know how to find us if you want to say hello later on. So the title of this morning's service is It's Complicated. So in the next hour, we'll be facing up to life's complexity and pondering how we can best steer a thoughtful course through an ever more confusing world. But before we go any further, I will light our chalice as we do each Sunday and the other times when we gather. This very simple ritual connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the historic and progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part.
we seek our place in the world and the answers to our heart's deepest questions. As we seek, may our hearts be open to unexpected answers. And may the light of our chalice remind us that this is a community of warmth, of wisdom and welcoming of complicated truths. So let's take those joys and those concerns, spoken and unspoken, and let's hold them in loving kindness as we take them into an extended time of prayer now. This uh, prayer is based in part on the words of Harry Lismer Schult. Uh, he's a Unitarian minister who died back in 1975. Um, so I wanted to acknowledge that they might sound a little old fashioned in places to our modern ears, but I felt that his words fitted our theme this morning so well that I, I wanted to use them. So let's each do what we need to do to get ourselves into the right state of body and mind to pray together. Maybe shift your position, intentionally adopt a prayerful posture, close your eyes, focus on the candle flame, whatever works for you, whatever helps you get your heart in the right place, such that we're fully present with ourselves, each other, and the larger presence which holds us all. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune into your holy presence within us and amongst us. God, life would be easier for us and for all of humanity, if only the issues were more plain, the solutions to our problems more obvious. So often we do not know what is best for us to do, either in our personal relationships or in the problems of our society. We grope after solutions and are wise only after the event. This world is a complex puzzle, and so is our human nature, both streaked with good and evil, form and chaos, with new things coming to birth and old things dying. We can only take one step at a time, and do not know how even our best endeavours will turn out. We're often tempted to give up the struggle and just let the future be what it may? Why should we agonise about doing good when even our best so often turns out to disappoint? Why should we try to achieve better human relationships when each problem faced only seems to shine light on another? But we know that is not the true way of life. We are called to do good, to aim at goodness in faith that no honest endeavour is ever lost. We are called to take good truth and goodness seriously, even in a complicated world of ambiguity and imperfection. We erring creatures of a day must dare to do right, to deal compassionately with one another as in the face of eternity. 
we must live as seeing the invisible. We must let the eternal interpenetrate our lives so that some good is done by us, some truth spoken, even in this imperfect world of imperfect human beings. Out of the loose ends of this life, let us strive to make a coherent plan of living. Let us purify our hearts and simplify our affections so that grace may flow through us and make our lives more fruitful and good. Each of us gathered here this morning has some concern, some problem of living which weighs on our heart. Often a problem of relationship. How we deal with this or that person? What is the wisest and kindest course of action? And the whole world is filled with such issues and sharing of life. So we pray for wisdom and patience, justice and kindness. Not that we may have a complete answer to our questions, but that we may see before us a way of living. We know that if we would make peace, we must seek peace. That if we would do good, we must first love good. So in a short time of silence now, let us each reflect on the week just past and bring to mind the goodness we have known and the goodness we still dream of. Let us inwardly give thanks for the blessings we have known and can be grateful for. And let us ask for what we need and what the world needs to grow in love, justice and peace. God of all love, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time for our first hymn now, for the splendour of creation. This hymn celebrates both the diverse wonder of the universe and the human quest to make sense of the whole complex mess of it all. This version is sung by our own Kensington congregation back in January 2018. As you might imagine, we weren't expecting to be using the recording for this purpose three years on. So you'll hear uh, Sarah, who was leading the service that day, speaking over the introduction a bit, and you'll hear, as we always hear, people rustling and coughing and messing about. You know, we can be generous to our past selves. 
The words will appear on screen so that you can sing along, or you might prefer just to listen. We'll make sure that you're muted throughout so that nobody will hear you. It's a blender of reading this morning is slightly longer than usual. It consists of some excerpts from a blog post written back in 2015 by Sarah McLeod who describes herself as a lapsed Unitarian Universalist. At this time she was raising two teenagers and working part-time as a physician assistant specialising in substance abuse and mental health. In this piece she makes some reference to prominent world events of the time, uh, most notably the war in Syria. Anthony has kindly pre-recorded this reading for us. However, we had a slight technical hitch, so half the first sentence fell off. Uh, so I'm going to provide that bef before handing over to him. Sarah McLeod sets out by <clears throat> uh, explaining that she teaches a fascinating group of young teens and preteens how to write using, response, uh, using resources other than their own opinions and previous knowledge. So I'll let Anthony take over from there. group of young men and preteens how to write using resources other than their own opinions and previous knowledge. Together we wrangle with essays written by the prose and debate the credibility and reliability of sources online and in print. And they write essays using those sources to support their well-considered thesis statements. However, teens and preteens glue themselves to an opinion tighter than Thomas the Tank Engine stickers adhere to oak bookshelves 
And this tenacity to idea interferes with anything close to critical thinking or clear-headed writing. They seek for what confirms their bias and often discard what seems to be against it. So I've challenged this group of young, intelligent idealists with an assignment I've called, called It's Complicated. Rather than starting with a stance on an issue, they start with the thesis that a particular idea is just that, complicated. Topics include the ethics of driverless cars, animal testing, nuclear power. Their test is to present the complexity with an open mind while grappling with ideas on both sides. After that, and only after that, they can discuss, briefly, their opinion. Why bother? Because our world is complicated, painfully, heart-searingly complicated. That seems hardly to be a contentious statement to anyone reading or listening to reliable news or its sources. Take Syria, for example. Tease out who started what and when, whose actions affect whom, and just who is called good or bad somewhere in between. Reach back five years, then reach back further. A decade, five decades, a century, five centuries. When did all this really start? Then take a single possible outcome. One way this situation could turn out and look forward five years. Don't just look at ISIS and Syria when you slide your eyes along that mental timeline. Look at Turkey and Russia and just about all of the Middle East. Don't leave out Nigeria. Peek in on Europe. What do you see? It's complicated. It's complicated because it involves people with all their fears, passions, desires and needs and people are messy. We have irrational thoughts, faulty memories, and little tolerance for what we can't quickly categorise or judge. We struggle to sit with a tangled knot, teasing out each thread while realising that each tug pulls the knot together while fraying out understanding. Life in any sort of community, from the family to a planet with seven billion others, is complicated. Even when we feel completely in step with the familiar other, we can quickly run into conflicts that come from different minds thinking different thoughts, fears, hopes, desires and passions discordantly clanging to the floor. Sometimes we manage these with grace and perspective, but often we clash. Life with other beings is complicated. When we embrace that, we're part way through to a solution. Simply saying together, it's complicated, we start down the road to cooperation and progress even if only in our agreement that complicated problems don't have simple solutions. When we look at ISIS and Syria and all that and say, it's a mess, it scares me, or look at our estranged loved one and say, this is complicated and I'm afraid, we've made a crucial step to not only solving the complicated problem, but healing our deepest divides. It's a complicated world, both within the walls of your own home and underneath our shared atmosphere. So start with the small stuff, like my students. When you're ready, move up to the harder stuff. The limits of religious freedom, the US role in the Middle East, and how to prevent parent your teenagers. It's all complicated. And it's okay. Thank you, Anthony. Lots to think about there. We've come now to a time of meditation. I'm going to share a short poem called Choice by the Unitarian Universalist minister and poet Lynn Unger to take us into our meditation today. 
This poem reflects on the reality that every day of our life brings choices and those choices have real consequences which we have to make imperfectly in the midst of life's complexities and life's ambiguities and life's unknowables. This poem will be followed by a few minutes of shared stillness during which we'll have our virtual chalice flame on screen in case that helps you to focus and the silence will come to an end with some lovely gentle music, Bach's Arioso, uh, performed by Abby Larimia and Peter Crockford. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable, have another wiggle if you need to. You might want to put your feet flat on the floor to help ground and steady yourself. You might want to close your eyes. And we can let these words from Lean Ungar take us into our time of meditation. There isn't a right answer. It just isn't. The game show where the bells ring and the points go up and the confetti falls because you got the answer is a lie. The preacher who would assure you of how to attain salvation is making it all up. The doctor who knows just how to fix what ails you will likely be sure of something else tomorrow. Every choice will wound someone, heal someone, build a wall and open a conversation. Things will always happen that you can't foresee, but you have to choose. It's all we have, that little rudder that we employ in the midst of all the eddies and rapids, the current that pulls us inexorably towards the sea. The fact that you're swept along by the river is no excuse. Watch where you're going. Lean in toward what you love. When in doubt, tell the truth.
anyone who's on our church mailing list and presumably that includes everyone who's with us live on zoom this morning seeing as that's how you get the link to join hopefully by now you will have seen an email that we sent out on thursday about our plans for the coming months at essex church roy the chair of our congregation and i sent out this message on behalf of the church management committee to explain how we carefully weighed up a lot of different factors in coming to the conclusion that we'd keep our Sunday services online over the next few months and take our time to prepare properly for hybrid services later in the year, subject to developments in the COVID situation. We'd had a committee meeting to discuss all this a week and a bit before. I prepared a rather long background paper detailing all the various factors I could think of that we needed to take into account but on the evening of this meeting, to kick off our discussion, this is what I said to the committee. If there's one thing I want you to take away from that background paper, it's this. It's complicated. Life is complicated enough at the best of times, but life in the time of COVID is very much more so. Most of us find ourselves ill-equipped to weigh up all the scientific and social and political and ethical factors that might have a bearing on our day-to-day decision-making in relation to what will be, for some, a matter of life and death, or at least a matter of long-term incapacity for those many people with long COVID. And none of us can be experts in everything, so at some point we have to take the word of others who are better equipped than we are to help steer our vital decision-making. But who do we trust? Epidemiologists and public health scientists are doing their best to interpret and communicate complex and ever-changing data for us as it emerges, but they too are making judgment calls most often. And politicians, I don't think it will be too controversial for me to say this, politicians do not always have our best interests at heart. They're sometimes motivated by factors other than human welfare and the common good. But even the best of them are having to make hard choices about how to target limited resources, how to balance people's yearning for freedom and a return to pre-pandemic normal with the need to protect people from the dire consequences that can come from this terrible disease. As of this weekend, the Office for National Statistics states that 128,000 people will have died of COVID and about a million are suffering ongoingly with long COVID in the UK alone. So this is something that every one of us will have different thoughts and feelings about, I'm sure. And indeed, that realisation was something we were very aware of as a church committee a couple of weeks ago when we sat down together to try and make some responsible decisions on behalf of the rest of the community. But let's take a step back from the COVID situation in particular and take a broader view. Let's think a bit about how we might each steer a more thoughtful course, how we might live a good life in an increasingly complicated and confusing world, particularly in terms of how we relate to others, perhaps, whether that's in our closest relationships, in a community such as this one, or in a larger socio-political global sense, whenever our actions and opinions might impinge on others. Well, as we heard in the reading from Sarah McLeod earlier, the very first step, perhaps, is the act of admitting it's complicated facing reality as it really is, even if that's messy or uncomfortable or downright scary, rather than indulging in wishful thinking or conversely catastrophic thinking that oversimplifies the situation at hand. Not taking for granted that the right thing to do or to think is obvious, but taking a larger view, 
pausing to reflect on our choices, practicing some kind of discernment rather than going with the flow or following the path of least resistance. In truth, we each make hundreds of choices every day, most of them probably fairly inconsequential, and we can't stop to stroke our chin about all of them. In reality, a lot of our life has to run more or less on autopilot just so that we can get through the day. But perhaps we need to be alert to those moments when we're unthinkingly following a social script or following the herd, when we might instead do well to press pause and weigh up our own choices more consciously and intentionally, particularly in those moments where our choices will likely have significant consequences for ourselves and for others. And just as an aside, I want to um, acknowledge that even the insight that it's complicated is complicated. Sarah McLeod uh, uses this phrase to insist that her students take time to consider both sides, both sides of every issue. But I think many of us will be aware in this day and age that sometimes the insistence to consider both sides is used to cynically derail and misdirect on issues that are pretty much settled. Think of the time that the BBC got a rap on the knuckles for insisting on wheeling out a lobbyist for the fossil fuel industry whenever there was a news story about climate change to provide spurious balance against Nobel Prize winning scientists, uh, which had the effect of trying to delay climate action that was essential and urgent. Similarly, I don't think we have to give equal airtime or brain space to views that are pretty easily identified as running counter to our most dearly held ethical principles those views that deny the inherent worth and dignity of every person, white supremacy, homophobia, transphobia, ableism. A lot of life is complicated, but there are some things we can and must be clear about. But like I said, today we're focusing more on the ways in which life is indeed more complicated than that. And I like to think this is a very unitarian way of looking at things refusing to be satisfied with oversimplified answers, being willing to live with ambiguity and paradox in our truth seeking, and in awareness of the interdependence of us all, taking responsibility for our own actions, as we know that our choices will ultimately have an impact on all those with whom we share this planet. And so we do our best to remain mindful of the balance between self and other, individual and collective, local and global, as we all try to coexist, survive and thrive in these complicated times. So how do we do it? How do we go about weighing up all the many factors that could potentially have a bearing on whatever complicated choice it is that we might be facing? Well again, perhaps one thing it might be helpful to acknowledge from the off is this, none of us are capable of doing the sort of all-encompassing ethical calculations that could take every single pertinent detail past and present into account and project all our possible courses of action into the future to predict their likely consequences. Even the most powerful supercomputer couldn't do that kind of calculation. And besides, chaos theory tells us that the slightest change in any one of the inputs, you know, the butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil, causing a hurricane in China, that sort of thing, the slightest difference in the inputs could make a huge difference to the output. We just don't know. So I say this to offer reassurance. We can let ourselves off the hook up to a point for being imperfect people making imperfect choices based on incomplete data in a complex and confusing world. Still, surely we should try to make wise decisions and strive to act in service of the common good. 
We do well to bring both reason and emotion to our decision making. Despite life's complexity, we do have a responsibility to seek out reliable and trustworthy sources of information and to train ourselves as best we can in critical thinking such that we can make sense of what we find. To sincerely seek the truth and stay in touch with reality rather than allowing ourselves to be falsely comforted by wishful thinking or allowing our catastrophizing to run out of control and staying in touch with our feelings, noticing our emotional responses, trusting our gut, that can be a useful guide too. But when attempting to steer a more thoughtful course through a complicated world, perhaps the most important thing we can do is keep hold of some guiding principles to lead us onward and to be part of a community like this one, which reminds us of those principles and calls us back to them again and again, even when times are tough. A community in which we can put our heads and hearts together to discern the way ahead and gain strength from each other as we struggle to make sense of it all. So in the days and weeks to come, whatever they may bring, let us remember it's complicated and let us not shy from that reality, but instead face it courageously together. And as we do our best to discern the way ahead, individually and collectively, let us remind each other of those guiding principles. Affirming the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Affirming the interdependence of it all. Let us make our decisions with human well-being and flourishing in mind. Let us be particularly mindful of our responsibility to those who are most disadvantaged and suffering. And let us always keep before us the vision of a better world for the greater good of all. Amen. Time for us to sing together once again. Our second hymn really reinforcing that message. One, our world is one world. At this time it's sung by the Unitarian Music Society and the words speak so clearly of how we're all interconnected and how the thoughts and actions of every single one of us affect everyone the world over. So feel free to join in with singing our final hymn today or as ever, you can just listen along.
just time for a few announcements now. Um, thank you to John for hosting this morning and Janine in support. Uh, thanks to Anthony for pre-recording our reading at very late notice on a busy weekend and to Abby and Peter for our lovely music. As ever, there are various opportunities to connect with the congregation in the week ahead. Coffee morning at 10.30 on Tuesday, always excellent conversation and surprising tangents. Newcomers are very welcome. Heart and Soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering, is on the theme of gardening this week. Just a couple of spaces left tonight and Friday at 7. Uh, be in touch with me if you want to join. Even if you've never been before, it's not too late to start. Looking further ahead, there are a number of in-person events you can book for. There are a series of concerts at church organised by our music scholar, Abby Larimia. The first is on Monday, the 14th of June at lunchtime. These events are being held with COVID safe protocols in place, so numbers are limited. Booking is essential so that we can maintain social distancing. And we're continuing to ask people to wear masks at all times in the building. Uh, these concerts will also be streamed for you to watch online and there'll be more information about that in next Friday's email. But do email Abby uh, if you want to book a place and, and those details are in the Friday email. We're also starting to offer some in-person gatherings at the church, hopefully four each month. The first one is on Saturday the 12th of June at 11, led by Sarah. And then I'll be offering an in-person heart and soul on Wednesday the 16th at 2. And Michael Elurid and Brian Ellis are going to offer Saturday and Wednesday gatherings later in the month. Again, bookings essential and the COVID safe protocols will be in place. So contact the leader of anyone you want to go to to get your name down while there are still places. As usual, after today's service, we'll have virtual coffee time to chat in small groups if you'd like. Um, if that's not your thing, as I said at the start of the service, feel free to get in touch via email if you'd like to introduce yourself, because it is a bit harder to get to know new people here on Zoom. And we do like to take a group photo after the closing music, so stick around for that if you don't mind. Next week, we'll be back again on Zoom at 10 with Sarah, who will be leading a flower communion service, and she's given me some information to pass on. She says, please bring a favourite flower or plant with you to the service next week or a picture of a favourite plant of a flower. Um, I will remind you about that in the Friday email, but I thought I'd give you advance warning in case you need to spend all week thinking about what your favourite plant or flower is. Feel free to share the link for the service with your friends. So we've just got some closing words and closing music now. It's a, it's a cello piece by the contemporary Jamaican composer Eleanor Alberga called Ride Through, and I think it, can, it complements our theme today very well. So I invite you to select gallery view at this point, if you can, so that we can see each other and get a sense of our connectedness for the closing. And now our time together ends. We go on searching for some sense in life. We wait for a tomorrow when we shall see and know. We hope that someday the way forward and the meaning of it all will be more clear. But today is what we have. We may see dimly, we may be burdened with fears. We may be confused, conflicted and unsure. But this day is ours, the only day we have. So for the grace and the tumble of the day and each day we give thanks. For the many small delights that await us along the road, we give thanks. For the depth and the breadth and the warmth of all that can yet be, we give thanks. May new strength and bright hope fill us as we journey onward and until we meet again, 
May we each find the courage and the wisdom that we need to meet the days to come. Amen.